0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold,
1: SNR. It is the Steelers Blitz on a Friday. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, rocking and rolling as always. Leading you into the weekend. You know, just like a good old friend who's sitting there in the passenger seat with you. And you know what? If you need us as your good friend in the passenger seat, a reminder, subscribe, like, Subscribe again, like again. (laughs) The Steelers Blitz podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Uh, all over the place. Arthur Motz and I, we're here, we're there, we're everywhere. Uh, Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and download uh, because that's where this is all going, folks. It's all about those podcast download numbers now. And, uh, you know, Motz and I are, uh, you know, trying to quit our day jobs. Wait, Absolutely. Wait a, wait a second. Wait. Wait a second. This. This is our. This is our day job. Just subscribe oh, to mind. the podcast. Right. I guess we'll stay there and make us and, <laughs> and make us uh and make us look good to our bosses. How about that? And get those get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. You got to pump those numbers up. Steelers blitz. Wherever you get your podcasts. mozi I I wanted to discuss this with you. Um. This was something that just kind of came to me the other day, and I'd be real interested to to deep dive into this with you, mm-hmm. Kendrick Green conversation. And there's some there's some overarching draft and free agency topics that play into this too. And let's start start there maybe with where I'm going with this. Um, you know, there has been a lot of discussion, and I want to be very clear. Uh, you you know, I say this all the time. I like to think transparency and like self awareness are, are some of my best traits. Mm-hmm.
0: I've
1: I've done this as well too. I've talked a lot about Tyler Linderbaum, right? Um, there's There's been conversation around uh, guys in the draft as well, too, like Zion Johnson and what they could do with the center position versus the guard position. Uh, we've talked about Ryan Jensen and his free agency ability, and if you'd be interested in a guy like that, where I'm going with all this, As it relates to Kendrick Green, a lot of these conversations, a lot of Steelers fans are saying, "You got the money to spend. You need adults in that offensive line room," which I agree with, and we can discuss that here as well too. Um, You need to upgrade at center. Go get Ryan Jensen. Pay him money. If not, you got to get a guy like Linderbaum. Maybe you get Zion Johnson, and 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 he's able to to be your center of the future. I just, I'm very hesitant to to punt on Kendrick Green after one year for lack of, of a better term I I realized the struggles that were there last year but I the whole uh, he's too small Let, let's start there the whole he's too small to play center so you just move him to guard am I crazy or, or is that bass backwards? like I think
0: I've told you this I think I've told you
1: this before what you like that bass backwards? huh you see what I, I did have there?
0: never heard that before I like that a lot though
1: you're welcome to you're welcome to steal that one. All
0: right, you don't even have to. I, I might I might mess that one up. I'm nervous.
1: <laughs> when when people say just I just move Kendrick Green to guard, you realize that he would be the second smallest starting guard in the NFL. Going off of last year, Shaq Mason mm-hmm. would be the only guy who was smaller than him. And again, I'm guilty of this too. You know, we talk about Linderbaum a lot, and the one knock on Linderbaum is that he's small. I mean, Kendrick Green weighs 20 pounds more than Tyler yeah. Linderbaum. So let's, true. let's, before we get into some of these specifics and, and would you rather and priorities and all that, is is it fair for me to sit here and say, yeah, it wasn't pretty for Kendrick Green his rookie year, but he was dealing with a whole bunch, right? He had he had a whole lot of rookies next to him on the offensive line. He had a new t- a guy, Trey Turner, who was new to the organization. He, I mean, Steelers played what, five or six different left guards throughout the season. You know, I, I do think it's fair that if DeCastro would have, Uh, been a stealer and would have played at the high level like like having a a high level guard a veteran guard playing at a high level next to him who had been in the system would have probably helped him a lot but a lot going on in that regard for Kendrick Green he was a third round pick a top 100 pick I I I just don't know if I'm I, I don't I'm not ready to completely write that guy off yet again it wasn't wasn't pretty but I'm also not – I don't think I'm listing that as, like, my highest priority as it relates to the offensive line.
0: Now, is that solely because he was a third-round draft pick?
1: Yeah, that's a fair question by you. Probably. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the fact that he was a third-round pick, which, I mean, to give up on a third-round pick after one year, it's not, not great asset management. And, and the thing that I said, it was a bad offensive line in general – He's a, he's a rookie who's, who, who's, who's playing center, which, you know, I think you and I have discussed this before. Rookie's one of those – or center's mm-hmm. one of those positions. It's tough to pick up as a rookie. You know, he's got new Trey Turner next to him. He had five different left guards on his other side. But, yeah, if he was a fifth-round pick, I'm more willing to pull the plug, certainly.
0: I guess, for me, my expectations for rookies are always low because it is very difficult to play in the NFL especially as a rookie. And that is something that I do feel like gets lost a lot of times because of how enamored we are with the guy's college tape or how enamored we are with what the scouting report is on him. And we just automatically assume that he's going to come into the league and be that same version. But you have to remember, Kendrick only have five starts as a center in college. So that alone lets you know that this was going to be a project. This is going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. I was just a little bit more disappointed in the handling of him coming in because I would have rather have seen him have to compete with a J.C. Hasenauer and a B.J. Finney on a more level playing field than what truly happened, where essentially they gave him that spot. Yeah. And I think that was the disservice that the Steelers did to him from that standpoint. But at the same time, you were out there for 17 or what, 15 games starting. Where was the growth? Where was the development? Hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I kind of get hung up on with him because I understand you're undersized. I played in the league as an undersized guy and they have pros and cons to being undersized. You operate with more quickness, but you know, you're going to be more susceptible to guys with power. I would have just liked to have seen him hone in on his uh, his technique and fundamentals a little bit better later in the year. But at the same time, you have the rookie wall, and that is real. But when I think of the guys that played next to him, we weren't talking about our guards being issues. In fact, at times, we said our guards were our strength. Trey Turner was one of our best players on the offensive line. Kevin Dotson, we speak very highly of him. He was a left guard. Even when Dotson left and John Legu came in, we spoke highly of John Legu to the point we're like, "Yeah, we think you should resign him." So even though I would love to use that to justify why he struggled, I can't unsee him getting pushed three and four yards into the backfield hmm. because that doesn't do that doesn't have anything to do with his guards. That has to deal with him and his pad level, him and his technique, and obviously he was having to learn that and develop that. But my question is, at what point do you say enough is enough? Because if you're bringing him back just to move him to a guard spot, well, I think that he's going to struggle there as well because he is very undersized. Now, are you saying that you want to keep him at center and you want to do this again? Well, we can, but you have to understand that, hey, don't be surprised if he still struggles with giving up movement versus larger nose tackles. That's one of the reasons why I was a little bit hesitant on Tyler Lindenbaum, regardless of how highly rated PFF had him. Because we even know with PFF, it's a coin flip if we respect their ratings or we don't. (laughs) We go back and forth every day. Absolutely. So when people would say, oh, he's the highest rated, he's the best rated center of all time for PFF, I'm like, I really don't care because how many times do we criticize PFF when they'll say, hey, this guy had a great game. That guy had a terrible game. We're like, that doesn't make sense. This guy had had two picks. Yeah, when they had T.J. Watt
1: ranked as the fourth best pass rusher in the NFL this past season.
0: So it's like, how do we, how do you pick and choose? When do you want to validate their rankings versus what we see on tape versus what I know as an NFL player, as an alumni, what it looks like when you are undersized, what it looks like when you could have some challenges. When I say to myself, Hey, if there's a a Jordan Davis lined up over Tyler Lindenbaum, how do you think that's going to play out? (sighs) Just, just, just be real about it. How do you think that plays out? You're giving up
1: 60, 70 pounds there.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Then so, when I think of the Kendrick Green situation, it's like the only way I'm like when I talk myself into Kendrick Green returning as the starting center, I say to myself, okay, I saw him with the Pouncy Brothers. How much did he learn from them? How long has he been training with them? Because yeah. that's another element. Was it a one day thing and they took a picture? Or was it a, hey, he spent the whole offseason down there? None of us know that. All we know is what we saw on social media and then we can run with our own assumptions. But for me, I would have to just believe that, hey, this guy's going to take a second-year leap. Now, that second-year leap would have to be just him becoming a technician because as a smaller player, that's how you win. You use your speed, but you have to be a technician. You have to be fundamentally sound. At times, last year, he was very, very lackadaisical with this technique, and that was some of the reasons why he would get in trouble. But with that, How certain are you that he has that locked in? And more Mm -hmm. importantly, what are you willing to bet on that? Or what are you willing to risk for that? When you talk about, okay, if you roll with a Mason Rudolph, you know if Ben could barely handle Kendrick Green getting pushed into his lap, what do you think Mason's going to look like? And those are some of the things that I really weigh into this equation. Now, if it's a Deshaun Watson back there, a little bit more mobile quarterback, a guy who's accustomed to having to use his athletic ability to be successful, then sure, you feel a little more confident that, hey, even though I don't think Kendrick Green is going to be this version, I think that he can be good enough that with this guy back there, he can make him okay. Hmm. And we've seen that. Josh Allen has done it. Russell Wilson, prime example. Russell Wilson played behind some horrendous lines at times. But because of how athletic he was and his just overall pocket awareness, he made it okay.
1: Young Ben Ben used to do that all
0: the time. No question. I mean, we talked about that when I was in Buffalo. Anytime we played Pittsburgh, it's like, man, we knew the old line was going to be trashed. But the biggest issue was big. He was either going to get rid of it fast. He was either going to make you miss or he was ultimately going to be too strong for you to bring down. And that's why for me, the quarterback matters that much more if you're trying to come back with a Kendra Green. Because to me, I don't think that he's going to take this astronomical leap where he's going to grow two more inches and become 20 pounds heavier and all of a sudden his arms are going to get longer. That's just not realistic. Growth for him is, better fundamentals but he is still going to struggle with bull rushes he's still going to struggle with bigger body nose guards and that's just the nature of it
1: so you looking to bring in a center
0: or and you know what it, it like i said it depends on what we do at quarterback because yeah, if yeah. if this situation on friday with deshaun watson is you know it goes the way that some of us want it to go and he's exonerated then you bring him in now you're saying to yourself yeah we don't mind running it back with Kendrick Green because Deshaun can make him okay Deshaun can make one guy miss Najee Harris can make one guy miss and like I said Kendrick is not going to look nowhere near as bad as he did this year because he will be a better player he will be improved that's just the nature of being an NFL player you either progress or you regress but when you regress that's typically when you get out this NFL so for him it's going to be he's improving otherwise He won't be here, and that's just the nature of it. But I do think that he will be a better version of himself. I just don't know if that version is enough to make it comfortable for Mason Rudolph, whereas with a guy with a little bit more mobility, a little bit more pocket awareness, and just overall has been in some tough situations with offensive linemen and has risen to the occasion, that's the only reason why I would feel a lot more comfortable with Kendrick Green returning. If not, that's why you talk about drafting Tyler Lindenbach that's what you talk about some of these free agent centers potentially, because you don't think that, you know, the the quarterback is going to be enough to overcome that part of it.
1: Hmm. No, it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I do think, and I, you know, I, I said this a few minutes ago, you know, and you and I, like everybody in Pittsburgh, we've spent a lot of time since the end of the season discussing offensive line and, you know, and where they could go and, and particularly draft related but as I think about it more and more, like, is it is it fair to say that they need an adult in that room? The, the offensive uh, line group, like,
0: <laughs> they need, you know what, it, it,
1: it, like, we, we, we we talked we talked about last year how, ah, oh, man, you know, you're starting four rookies on the offense, or, or sorry, uh, you were starting three rookies on the, three rookies on the, the offensive three, line? The
0: three, t- yeah, th- it was three rookies on the offensive line and, and one second-year play. In correct, terms of, correct. um, in terms of Chooks being a second-year starter, yeah
1: you know and, and and we've talked a lot about how oh, the tackles in this class are oh what's there? Tyler Lindenbaum in the interior offensive lineman that to me mozi you know when free agency opens next week getting getting a a veteran offensive lineman and i'm not talking it has to be someone like Ryan Jensen who's going to command 13 14 million dollars a year I'm talking somebody who is a professional football player who's on their second or third contract, who can just be the adult in that room, can be the veteran presence in the room. That to me, I think might be priority number one when free agency opens next week. Is that fair?
0: No, that's definitely fair. But I would also say this, based on the quarterbacks that we've already seen removed from the board, Aaron Rodgers, um, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz. The list of legitimate force multiplying franchise caliber quarterbacks is extremely small right now. So if you are not getting one of those remaining few, then I do think you have to get a Ryan Jensen a little bit higher of a commodity, even though it costs a little bit more because I say to myself, what's the point of having all of this cap space and money if you're not going to spend it? The and same those Bobby the Wagner pl-
1: conversation we had.
0: A- absolutely. Those are the type of guys you spend on if you are not going to get you a quarterback. Now, I understand that the Steelers, if this is what they've been eyeing this whole time, well, great for them for being patient. But if this is not what they've been eyeing, and this is kind of what they've stumbled into, it's like, man, don't keep playing these games because it's going to bite you in the butt.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just – you know, I, I feel like so many people just bring me Ryan Jensen – you know, go draft Zion Johnson and convert. You know, let him play center, and that just the the rookie the rookie thing there is is starting to give me pause because, like you said, mm-hmm. it's inc- it's a, it's it's just incredibly hard to to be a rookie in the National Football League. You've discussed that whirlwind that is, you and, know, and not just
0: being a rookie, starting as starting a starting
1: as a rookie. Yeah, you're Think right. About that's, that that's he the was kicker.
0: starting because for me, I played as a rookie, but I wasn't a starter, so it was a lot easier for me. There wasn't the pressure. There wasn't a ton of film on when I would come into the games early on. When you're a starter in this league, all it takes is two games, two games, three games. Now these guys have a full sample size. They know what you do well. They know what you struggle with. And at the NFL level, I'm not going to lie. As a defender, we are savages. We will study everything about you until we find what your weakness is. And we are going to expose it every single time until you correct it. And that's the difference between college and the pros. College, you can get away with it for a little while. In the NFL, man, we're right at you. Every single play, and we're going to keep going there. We're not going to talk ourselves out of it until you change it. And that's why towards the end of Kendrick starting, what did we start to see more of? Guys not trying to dance with him, going straight to the bull rush. Mm-hmm. Guys saying, hey, if you line up and get off that ball, you're going to get your hands on him first, and you're going to be able to drop him back. There wasn't a lot of, oh, we need to run games against this guy, or we need to finesse move this guy. No, they found out what his weakness was, and they exposed it continually. And that's just the nature of defenders. So that's why for me, I, I'm not really enthused about bringing in a rookie to start. A rookie center, unless, yeah. Yeah, a- unless there were some, like, super proven commodity. And I personally, like I said with Tyler Lindenbaum, I know his tape looked good, but I'm still leery of when he has to face big-bodied NFL-caliber nose tackles because he really didn't face that. Right, He faced nose tackles, sure. He thrived when he was facing four or three defenses where he wasn't covered up. But in the NFL, especially in the AFC North, you're going to have some big body guys on you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and that's just the nature of it. And that's the part where I say to myself, man, do we really want to go down that line again, knowing what it looked like this past season?
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's the the. You know, the, the bring in Linderbaum and, okay, well, you're starting over with a rookie once again. The, the draft Zion Johnson and let him play center, okay. You're, you're doing the same thing you just did with Kendrick Green. You're taking a guy who played guard primarily in college and you're asking him and to you're learn a new position him, as a rookie. Right. Yeah. I'm um, not just, saying that
0: you can't do it. Now, we're not saying that you can't right, do it, right. but – the, the, the odds of them being successful, you put them at a the competitive disadvantage in a sense because you're asking them to learn this position at pro level while being a starter versus guys who've been doing this or going against those type of guys for their whole lives. That was one of the reasons why I felt, you know, switching to inside linebacker was such a struggle for me at the pro level because I'm trying to learn this stuff against guys who've already been doing this since high school. I'm trying to learn this. Against offensive linemen who've been blocking inside linebackers since high school, they already know how they should move and what they should be seeing and keen and things like that. Whereas for me, I'm over here like, Well, what am I supposed to look at? Who am I supposed (laughs) to be reading on this play? How does this work? And it makes you feel it makes you not play as fast as you can. It makes you lose you you lose a half step. Right. You you can't be your best self. And when I watch Kendrick Green, I say to myself, Man, well, do I think he struggled because he was undersized? Sure. Do I think he also struggled because he was learning a new position? In the NFL, absolutely, absolutely. Because just because you're saying, "Oh, he's just going to snap the ball," it's not that much of a difference. Yes, it is. When you're going from a three-point stance and you don't have to worry about that ball, and you could just key your guy, fire off, tee off, and all these other things, versus you happen to be locked in and waiting and doing all these other things with the snap count and how you snap the ball, big difference. And we especially also again when you
1: when you don't have that veteran guy next to you right. that knows the system that you can lean on.
0: Yeah. And we also saw how many times where the snap would be erratic. That is a formula of a guy learning that position. That is a formula of a guy not being as comfortable with his skill set in that position early on. And that is something that we saw him struggle with and something that I do think is going to take time for him to work out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I think that's very well said by you. So let's, let's continue this a little bit then. Right. Um, Let's do some free agency priorities and this will, this will lead in next segment too, but here's kind of how I was thinking that we do. This is I'll give you a position group. I like, I don't need specific. If you've got a specific name, you're welcome. We can, we can throw them in the conversation. Okay. But, um, I'll give you a position group as we approach free agency here next week. And you tell me high priority, low priority, medium priority. Fair
0: Fair enough. All right. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Uh, let's start with the offensive line. I think we all know that that's a high priority, but, position like position by position, tackle, guard, center, how would you rank those?
0: I would say center is a high priority. Guard is a high priority. I would say the tackle position, if we're only focusing on right tackle, high priority. If we're focusing on left tackle, I would say low priority. And the reason I say that is this. I do think the interior part of our O-line was – something that we did struggle with in terms of that center position, which is why I think it's significant that we find a solution, whether that be upgrading the player or upgrading the quarterback. The reason why I say guard is still at high, because we're going to potentially be losing Trey Turner. So if you're losing him, that's a guy that started for you. That was one of our best offensive linemen last year. And we know that even with that being the case, he still wasn't dominant. You still feel confident in, Ke- in uh, Kevin Dotson, but you still have to also have some questions around him based on his play this past season. Right tackle, Chooks, who was our starter for the past two years, he's going to hit the market. We don't know what we have in Zach Banner because we never got a chance to see yeah. Zach Banner. So I can't feel confident in him. And then, like I said with Dan Moore, I thought that him as a fourth-rounder playing the amount of snaps that he did and seeing how he continued to get better throughout the season, even though it wasn't great. He still progressed. You could see his progression, and you could feel comfortable with him knowing that he is going to continue to improve. And his play late in the season was drastically different than a Kendrick Green, if you think about those two and how they progressed and how one went one way and one went the other direction.
1: yeah. yeah. So
0: that's why I feel like that about those positions. But what about you, man? How do you feel You know, in terms of these tackle, guard, and center positions?
1: Yeah, well, guard's the one that stands out to me. Uh, like very high priority because you're right. Trey Turner is, is a question mark. Dotson. While I think we're all still hopeful that he can become an NFL regular and, and be a guy that has a long career. You just don't know, you know, you, you wanted to see him take that step forward in his sophomore season last year. And it didn't happen for, whatever different reasons, right? There was some injury stuff there. There were some reports of him maybe not being in the best of shape to start the season, but whatever the case was, it's still, you know, the end product wasn't good enough. It wasn't what you wanted it to be. That to me, guard really stands out. Um, I agree with you on center, you know, with, with the caveat of, you know, like I I want Kendrick green to get another crack at this as well too. So I wouldn't hate Mm -hmm. if they brought somebody in, but you know, maybe I'd raise my like for, in a in a perfect hypothetical scenario. I'd rather spend the ten million dollars, thirteen million dollars on a guard than like a Ryan Jensen center, right? Like yeah. I, I I'd Fair rather enough. do it Fair that enough. way. But I'm not completely taking center off the board. And then with tackle, I think I'm with you. I'm going low priority because maybe you can get something done with Chooks. Although I guess you consider him in this kind of yeah. free agent conversation um we like dan moore jr we don't we don't love dan moore jr we're not ready to put a ring right. on it yet but we want to take him on a, <laughs> we want to take him on a, hey mozi we want to take dan moore jr we're not on second marrying date. dan moore jr just yet <laughs> we're not marrying we're not putting a ring on it but we'll take him on a second date for sure all right yeah. first date first date there was some there were some signs there we'll take them on the second date you do want some competition there though but i also say this i feel there's to, to go bigger picture I think there's more tackles in this draft that you would be confident coming in, yeah, right away and and competing and maybe even starting as opposed to yeah, interior guys. True. So I think yeah. that's why tackles. Lo- you know, if you tell me that they end up getting uh, one of these one of these tackles at, at twenty, you know, not not Evan Neal, not Atclonquo, right. but one of these other guys at pick twenty, I'm 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 confident that you can get good production out of those guys at least much more so than if we're talking any of the guards or centers right away in this class
0: so yeah i would definitely agree with that
1: high i'll go high priority for guard um i will go medium priority for center and i'll go low priority for tackle how about that
0: you like that okay that works that works that works
1: (laughs) here's what we're gonna do arthur motes we're gonna take a break here because we only have like two minutes left and i don't want to throw another one of these position groups out there and have us rush the conversation we don't we don't like to rush we got no we, we got take nothing. our time. We're patient. We're patient. We got we got nothing but time, baby. So so we'll take a break here. When we come back on the other side, uh I want to talk more priority level for some of these groups, like a like a backup running back, like wide receivers, like defensive backs, like an off-ball linebacker. Uh-oh. We'll get into all this stuff when we return on the other side. We also have some tweets saved. I got some tweets saved from throughout the last couple of days that we'll get to. We'll get to some of your guys' reaction. And I've got a debate that I need Arthur Moats to settle. All right? You guys let's know how this it. works? Let's this. do it. You guys know how this works sometimes, all right? I've been known to stir the pot a little bit on Twitter. And I might have done that this week as it relates to something uh <laughs> let's let's say let's say a food-related tweet, okay? That caused some controversy that I need to get Arthur Motes' opinion on. We'll do all that on the other side when we wrap up the show. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.